0: Thank you very much for tuning in. This is the first episode of the Ulefsky Podcast, and I have here as my first guest on the show, Trevor Page. He is an online entrepreneur from the Toronto area, and he's been helping people program online since 2012. He's been doing what he's doing since 2012 and what a story he has, to where he is now, and where he expects to be next year. So Trevor Page, thank you so much for coming on
1: the show. It is absolutely my pleasure for your number one show. I can't, you know, this it's very unexpected, and uh, it, it really brings back memories for me and, and my first show. So I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Thank you so much. You you have the honor of basically helping me feel through all the kinks and stuff. So hopefully you've put some extra time into your schedule for this one. <laughs> That's
1: no problem at all. So this is, like I was saying in the sort of pre-interview part of this. Uh, uh, this is what I love to do. I love to talk about entrepreneurship. Um, I, I can absolutely talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. Normally guests or rather uh, hosts of podcasts need to cut me off. So like I said before, feel free to, Feel free to if, if you hear me rambling like I am now, cut me off and we can get back on track. So what do you, what do you want to talk about today? What do you want to learn about inside of this precious brain of mine?
0: Yeah, I've been following you on Facebook and I think what the first thing that sort of showed up on my screen was you said you had in big font, next year you're planning on hitting the one million dollar mark. That was your goal. And of course, I want to get in sort of the story of where are you now that you think you're gonna be able to make a million dollars next year? And and how did you get to that? So I think that's what everyone's sort of interested, just in, kind of step back a bit and be like, Okay, that's amazing. You have a goal of a million dollars next year, but where are you are now and, and how did you get there?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just me typing that out. Um I was, you know, a little bit scared to to put it out in the world to say, "Hey, my goal is to make a million dollars." But, I mean, once you get through, once I get through, sort of explaining, you know, my story and and where I am now and everything, um, hopefully you'll you'll agree that it's fairly doable, that it's not um, a pie in the sky sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I I run a so it's an information product business. I I sell information online, which means which means it's a nice passive type income business, more or less. I still have to do all the customer support myself um, but really I mean like I said I've been doing this since 2012 and uh, and it's been a heck of a ride uh, right now where I am is I'm making I'm on track to make about two hundred thousand uh, if everything stayed the same over the next 12 months I'll make about two hundred thousand dollars um, which t- to me it alone is incredible because when I first started my my goal was just to replace my own income that was it. Right. So to be in a position now where I have replace not only my income, but my wife's income as well, um, it, it's just, it's an absolute mind blowing experience for me. Uh, you know, it, it's just as shocking, I think, for me as it is for other people listening to this kind of story. So, you know, just, just so I, I can really, you know, put myself in other people's shoes right now listening, the, you know, your, your listeners might be thinking that, you know, oh, here's this guy, he's making 200K, shooting for a million next year, you know, I, I'm never going to make it to where he is. I, I thought exactly the same thing whenever I would listen to other people's shows and hear these people making millions of dollars. And I was just like, I'm never going to make it there. Um, and here I am knocking on that door and, and feeling pretty confident that I can pull it off. So anyway, we can go into all of the details and whatnot. But I just wanted to give sort of that preamble to say, uh, as you know, disconnected as you might feel between yourself and me right now in my story, um, you really shouldn't. Because you can do it a lot quicker than I took me five years to get here. I think it could be done in less time, maybe two or three years with the right guidance and whatnot.
0: Wow. Um, Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, I'm really that is sort of the point of this podcast is, you know, people from all different stages and levels, whether just starting out or maybe they have a full time job and they're thinking, you know, maybe I should start something on the side or they want to make that leap and quit their job or whatever it is. For sure, when you hear that $200,000 mark, I'm sure people will be like, I'm just happy to get a couple thousand in every month. If I can do that, I can get the ball rolling. But I guess you got to start somewhere. So like for you in 2012, you, you sort of felt you had this feeling that you had just had to sort of quit your job um, as a programmer. Mm-hmm. What What was it? Was it you felt like you could be doing more or did you have this, you know, you wanted more responsibility? What was that urge?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, great question. So for me, I mean, I love my job. I love the company I worked for. They they were trying to emulate themselves after Google, so they treated their employees like like kings and and I totally felt the love and it was very actually very difficult for me to leave the job, Um, but that just goes to show how much more I felt compelled to sort of be my own boss, work from home, and and try to be an entrepreneur because you know in a in a job I mean I was a programmer so being a programmer um, especially right now it's hot the industry is hot. I get emails still almost every day from a recruiter begging me to take their jobs that they have. So at any point I could I could you know throw in the towel and jump and and take any any one of you know a hundred jobs that are out there, um, especially living near the Toronto area. That's a good hub for for uh, you know tech and stuff like that. So just to you know put put yourselves in the in those shoes or whatnot but i was i felt compelled to to be my own boss and and really it was about okay as a programmer you can hit a certain level of salary in in canada you can probably max out around you know 120,000 dollars 150,000 a year if you're lucky um in terms of salary so you know, that's a that's a very very good salary um you know most people in the world would be thrilled to be making that kind of money but in my mind it was like i felt like there was always a ceiling right 150 is great i would be very blessed to hit that but that's pretty much as high as I can get unless I switch, you know, into like management and then try to get on like the, you know, the, the executive board. I don't know, however you go up the ladder in those kinds of you know scenarios. But that I didn't want to do that. I loved programming. This is what I was put on this earth to do more or less programming and teaching. So I didn't want to, you know, stray. And I knew there was that ceiling. So I said, okay, I, I feel like the pull was because I, I didn't want to have to hit that ceiling. I wanted my income potential to, Pretty much be unlimited, so I think that's really what drew me away from my job and into what I call now my entrepreneurial journey.
0: I could definitely understand that feeling of of working in that sort of corporate environment and feeling like yeah. even yeah. if I was at my best here, it's probably not my best overall where I can be in my in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. How you sort of that sort of feeling, how you got out of that. Um, and into where you are now. But the thing, what I, I think my question, everybody might be thinking is you were a programmer and when you left your job, what was your next step? Did you just go from, you know, your hundred thousand, you know, hundred thousand dollar type salary to just zero and starting from scratch?
1: So here in, when I, you know, posted that Facebook post, I said, I'd made a lot of mistakes along the way. You're, you're uncovering the very first mistake, and that's I should not have quit my job. I should have stayed in my job for longer and saved up more money. So I saved up about six months of runway, um, but I forgot to account for business expenses. So six months, only personal expenses. And uh, as probably a lot of your listeners will know, when you're running a business, there are costs involved in running a business, um, oftentimes more than a you know running your own personal life. So I ran out of money very quickly uh, and I had no job. I had zero income. My wife was uh, in school. So she was, well, girlfriend at the time. She was, uh, you know, a student and uh, was not making an income. And we lived downtown Toronto, which probably most of the people listening to this might not know, but it's a very expensive city. I believe my rent was somewhere along the lines of $2,500 a month. So zero income, very high uh, expenses and a very, very short runway. So I, I put myself in a very difficult spot, ended up maxing out my, uh, or uh, taking out all of my, what we call RRSPs here, which is just your retirement plan, which is 401k in the States. Um, and I racked up about $17,000 in line of credit debt. So um, probably a story you've heard before. And I definitely was not immune to the uh, life sucking and money sucking uh, parts of entrepreneurship. So that was a very very stressful time uh, in my life. And uh, my one piece of advice for people is as try as long as you can to stay employed. At, you know, do your nine to five, and then when you get home from work, put in as many hours as you can for your own side hustle, if you will, um, because that's the best way to ensure that you are going to you know be more obviously financially safe, but make better decisions in the business. I had to make some radical decisions in my business uh, in order to just stay afloat. And I don't believe that that those were smart things. I I got sidetracked a lot. Um, So I feel like if I had a steady flow of income, um, I would have done just fine. And to put this into perspective, I work full time for myself now, but I probably only put in 20 hours a week maybe 30 hours a week if I'm if I'm feeling really uh, energized during any given week. So, you know, putting in 20 hours a week while you have a full-time job is actually entirely doable. And and I always thought that, oh, if I quit my job, I'm going to have all these hours to work. I'm going to be able to do so much stuff. And and the truth is, I, you know, you just kind of end up burning out and you don't want to do that stuff and you want to relax and you want to, you know, live your life. So that's a, a piece of, you know, wisdom that I never thought of when I was in it. And now that I'm sort of on the other side of this, I'm like, oh, man, I I should I really should have worked longer because I was doing just fine with that. So that's my one big piece of advice for for those of you out there.
0: That's a fantastic tip. And I'm glad that you touched because I was was going to ask you, but you already spoke about it was that feeling of, well, you know, if I quit my job right now, I might have that I can I'm going to have all this extra time. I can't I can't start a job or I can't achieve the goals that I have if I have this full time job because I need the full week.
1: Right. Not true. Absolutely not true. And I'll tell you this: I had a conversation. Have you? Uh, he, I believe he's based in Toronto as well. Scott Oldford. Are you familiar yeah, with him? Yeah, he, absolutely. I had a conversation with him uh, probably two months ago, and um, he's on his on his way to making around ten million or so per year in 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 revenue. And um, wow. he, he said to me, because uh, I always I had it in my mind that in order to make more money, you need to work more hours, right? So I wanted to shoot for. Well, at the time, I was shooting for three hundred thousand. And I thought, you know, making $300,000 would mean I had to work so much more. And he, uh, Scott said to me, he said, he said Trevor, if, if, I, if I work more than 20 hours in a single week, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice. Right. So he, he's, he's obviously referring to building teams around him and outsourcing and that kind of thing. Um, but he's like, yeah, Trevor, I'll work maybe 20 hours a week, maybe. And I'll be pulling in $10 million. So hearing him say that, it was like it clicked. And I was like, oh, I get it. You don't have to work 80-hour weeks to be a millionaire. You really don't. Um, all you need is good systems and a good team. That's really all it comes down to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go to the next step in your journey here. So you, you quit your job, okay? You, you did save up, but obviously because of business expenses and everything else coming up, you realized maybe I should have held on a little bit longer. But nonetheless, you did it, um, and you were running your own business, but... What? How, I mean, how? How did you get to the two hundred thousand now? I mean, that was five years ago. I understand, but I mean, we don't have to go through every single. No, year no, no. We don't talk to that. No, no. But well, I mean, what, what, what were the main things that you did to really get the ball rolling and get exactly. and get you out of that debt that you created as well?
1: So, I'll, I'll. This is where I'll tell everyone to pull out their pen and paper and and and. and try to listen as as best you can. Uh, You might've heard this stuff before, but I'll try to give my sort of breakthroughs that I had along the way um, in, you know, getting where I am today. So the number one sort of pulling back 10,000 foot view is, it's it's as simple as looking at your numbers. So once you have a firm uh, grasp on your numbers, uh, you can start to you know, grow your system. So, um, for example, I know my numbers right now are more or less, it costs me about, you know, it costs about $30 for me in advertising, specifically Facebook advertising to gain a customer. Okay. And I've tried, I tried testing a whole bunch of different, you know, countries and cities and all that stuff. Most of my customers come from the United States of America. And that is, what I saw just naturally organically without doing any uh, paid advertising, just through my blog and through, you know, podcasts of my own. Typically people are from the US when they're purchasing. So I said, okay, interesting. So I tried targeting all these different countries with my advertising on Facebook. And it turns out that the cheapest customers I can get are from shockingly the United States of America. So I said, okay, why am I trying to fight this? Why am I trying to advertise? In all these different locations so i'm only advertising in the us right now um and that you know grants me it gets me about 20 or 30 dollars to spend in order to achieve uh, a sale a customer so okay cool it cost me 20 or 30 dollars to acquire a customer how much is that customer worth to me okay so for me the, the the sort of the formula that i used here and and i have a bit of of an advantage of time because i have you know data on my side but you know you just need a little bit of time i use six months of data I looked back at the last six months, I said, how much money have I made? How many customers have I acquired? So dollars per customer, right? So if I made, you know, $100,000 in the last six months and I have, what is it? You know, I forget how many customers it was, like 551 customers, 100,000 divided by 551 or whatever it was, averaged out to about $140 per customer. So I know that I can spend $30 and gain a customer who is worth $140 to me. So once I knew those numbers, it was like, okay, I I can do this. Now I I just need to keep on scaling that out. So that's the sort of the very, very high level, you know, looking down at it. And, and, you know, that's sort of how I know I can scale it out. I only need to start spending up to, uh, I forget what the number was now. It, It seemed might seem unreasonable to you guys but it does seem reasonable to me it's like somewhere around i think it was the 10 to fifteen thousand dollars uh, a month if i can spend 10 or fifteen thousand dollars a month in ads i will be able to hit a million dollars next year that's sort of where that calculation comes from and to give you some you know um uh, vi- uh some what's, what's gonna call it i'll look into my business right now i'm spending around three thousand dollars a month on ads so it's really only you know multiplying my spend by maybe four or five times. So to me that it's not even a factor of ten. So it feels very reasonable to be able to set that goal. So that's where my mind was working with those numbers. Now obviously the question you'll have and it will be, you know, how the heck did you get to that point? How do you have something that you can, you know, get these numbers from and I'll certainly touch on that. But first I'll let you jump in and ask any questions if you have any.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean my question just would have been when you say, okay, I can spend thirty dollars per customer, um, my question would have been, what what is the, what does that $30 include? And you sort of said, is it, it's, is it all ads? I mean, is that all ads, all Facebook just, all ads, all Facebook ads, correct, correct. And what, and what is it that you're advertising?
1: So basically, so this is, this is the second part. Well, really, I, I should say it's the first part. Um, well, it's not the first, first part is you need a product, right? That is where I can't really help you out. Everyone has to go on their own journey for the, finding the product that they're going to sell to people. Um, and and seeing how it works, I will say that the way I the way it worked for me was it naturally fit in my strengths. Right. So I love to code. I'm very good at coding. I've been I've been uh, you know attempted to be recruited by uh, Google, Amazon, and Facebook. Um, because they see how amazing a coder I am. I, I'm just making it sound like I'm bragging here, but I'm trying to just Well, explain. no, the numbers yeah. don't lie, Trevor. <laughs> there you go. I, I try to be as humble as possible. They like me. They wanted to hire me. Um, I ended up saying no, because I wanted to work on my own business, because I liked entrepreneurship more. Um, but I knew I was a good coder. I also knew that I was a good teacher, because I had in my, back in my days when I was programming, I had a dude on my team. Um, his name was Richard. Uh, he was a junior level programmer. He just switched um away from whatever he was doing before and to join my team as the junior programmer on my team. Um for those of you who don't know junior programmer means like the lowest level you can be, the very entry level position. And uh and so I helped to train him. And he got up to speed faster than anyone expected. He was ready to rock, he was, you know, fixing bugs and he was a little coding machine. Um within uh, like I, I don't even it's like a month or two. And people were shocked. And they were like, how did that happen? How is he already so good? And it made me realize, oh, it's because I was teaching him. I was mentoring him. And, and I always say this in every podcast, and it's a running joke. Um, my mom always said that I was a great teacher and that I should have been a teacher, but I never listened to her because it's your mom. Of course, your mom's going to say you're good at things, right? Um, but she had a point. So I had all these signs pointing to, hey, Trevor, you're a good teacher. So I just took those two skills, love of programming, um, ability to teach, and I put them together right? So that naturally correlated into, hey, I'm going to start teaching some courses and see how it goes. So I started with a blog, then it evolved into a podcast, then it evolved into an ebook, then it evolved into actual video courses. So that's sort of the quick timeline and that, you know, all that took place in about a year's time. From starting the blog to having, you know, uh, a video course up and running, it was about a year uh, had passed. So from 2012 to 2013, essentially. Um, that's perfect. No, that's... Yeah.
0: Great, that timeline really helps people sort of visualize in terms of like where do I start? Like I know exactly. I need a podcast, I need to get on YouTube, I need to get on social media, I need yeah. I need an ebook. It's kind of like you know one thing
1: at a time, and, and where do I start? Yeah, build the blog up first. It took about you know uh, maybe three to f- six months, and then I decided hey I want to start a podcast and see how it goes just for fun, right? And then the podcast was maybe a, a couple months, and then by that time I had so many blog posts written that I created an ebook from the blog content, started selling on Amazon you know, started getting some reasonable, um, uh, traction from that. And then I said, Hey, I think it's time to take this and turn it into a video course where I can charge more than $5 or whatever. So I, 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 did that. So then that brings us to the next most important step after you have the product, essentially product is step one, in my opinion, step two is your offer. Right. And I, this is where I'm going to try my best to, I don't know what the word is to put pressure on the fact that this is so important. And I, whenever people talk about your offer before, I never, yeah, you know, you put out a good offer and, you know, make sure the wording is, you know, the the messaging is good and then you move on. And that's sort of the amount of time they'd spend on it. Let me tell you the only reason, let me emphasize this. The only reason I am where I am today is because of the offer. I'll say it again. The only reason why I am seeing the success that I'm seeing today is because of the offer. So, What do i mean by that previously my offer was essentially just here here's a course it's 200 bucks that's my offer so the offer is the product and the price more or less course 200 bucks tried to sell that went all right it was you know i was maybe getting a conversion rate of around one percent maybe half a percent so out of 100 people if i pitched this offer to 100 people 100 programmers Maybe one of them would take me up on that offer. That's about a one percent conversion rate, um, and that's okay. One is a bit low. Um, really, you want to shoot for two percent or more. Um, so then I was like, okay, what other, what other offer could I could I test? So I ended up, you know, testing out a whole. I did a monthly thing where, okay, you can get access to all my courses for thirty bucks a month. But then that offer was again around one percent conversion rate, and I tested so many little, you know, variations of this and and throwing in different bonuses and this and that. It was only ever about one percent
0: and sorry, when you're testing these out, you're testing these out through like Facebook ads.
1: Well, it could be anything. It could be a Facebook ad, it could be my email list because at the same time I'm building up my email list through my blog. Yeah. Um, it could be you know anything. it could be on a podcast, it's just me putting it out there and saying, "Hey, I've got something to buy, here's what you get, here's the price." buy my stuff type type of thing. Now, obviously, I try to use good, you know, practices in selling. There's lots of areas where you can learn about sales funnels and those kinds of things. Those are obviously very important stuff. But what I wanted to emphasize on this show, because I don't think enough people emphasize it, is the offer. Um, So does that make sense? Absolutely. Cool. Uh, So it wasn't until I read uh, Russell Brunson's book, uh, Dotcom Secrets. I don't know if you've heard of that one or picked it up yourself.
0: Yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't picked it up just yet.
1: So for me, it worked. So if you're in the information marketing space um, or info product space, I should say, uh, it might be a very helpful book for you. Um, I picked it up. I read through it. The key piece that I took from it was he was talking about the free offer, right? So the, the trial, the free trial. And I don't know why I never tried a free trial until May of 2017, which was about three months ago. I just gotten back from a little honeymoon, or not honeymoon, but we call it baby moon. I'm actually expecting a baby maybe next week, so it's pretty, oh, wow. pretty amazing. Heck, wow, yeah, pretty a time in my house right now. Um, so we were on our little baby moon, and I, I, you know, was reading this book. And I hit, you know, in the middle of the book, it was, you know, try a free offer. Or he, he said, if, you're, if you have a physical product, they free plus shipping. So that's where you say, hey, you can get my product for free. You just have to pay the shipping and I'll send it to you. So these are the same category of offers, free plus shipping or free trial. It's a low dollar, low cost ways for someone to get some value and check out your stuff. I tend to convert around 10% on this offer. So I jumped from typically doing 1% to 10%.
0: You 10X your conversion rate.
1: I 10X my conversion rate with this offer. And the only difference was essentially more or less the price, but the price in that the, uh, the dollar amount was more or less the same, but it had the free 30 days in front of it. So I have I tested free 30 days free and then whatever dollar a month, uh, for the rest of the stuff. and I can I vary this depending on what it is that they're buying. If they're buying just one or two courses, it's you know free for 30 days, then 10 bucks a month. If they're buying all my courses, then it's you know free for 30 days and then you know 40 bucks a month or you know you get the idea. Right. So the key is free for x number of days. I tested 14 days, I tested 30, uh, 30 did better. Um, this is just one of those things where don't take my word for it. You got to test it yourself. Who knows what will work in your market? Uh, don't leave money on the table. got to test them all out. I should really also test out uh, 60 days free, um, as well. I just haven't gotten around to do it because I, it's only been three months that I've been doing this stuff, but you look at the chart of my monthly recurring revenue and it just goes up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Like every day consistently, it's been going up since May and it's been incredible. Now, the next most important part, because that's this is that's what you call sort of a. Have you heard of a tripwire offer before? Yes, that's more or less what that is. It's a. It's also called a welcome mat offer. I had tried different welcome mat and tripwire offers before. You know, seven dollars for you know ten videos, or like you know where I just tried to you know give some reasonable amount of value for a low low dollar amount, and uh, again, it wasn't converting anywhere near ten percent. So it just wasn't that feasible in my mind. The ten percent mark for the tripwire offer is where you want to shoot. Right. I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I like to have goals and those. So if you can hit ten percent or more, uh, or even eight percent or more, um, that's great. Run with that. So that's the first step. Or so I should say. First, that's the second step is to get your offer right. Uh, so I guess I can call it step three is with your with your uh, when you have that first offer working. Your front end offer is what you call it, the tripwire offer. Then there's a next step. This, in Russell Russell Brunson's book, he calls it the value ladder. So as you go to the next step, you offer another product, now more valuable and a higher cost, higher price. So this is what I do. I offer two courses for 30 days for free for $10 a month is what I do specifically. Two courses, $10 a month, free for 30 days. If they take me up on that, I do the upsell. I go up my value ladder and I say, "Hey, you can unlock 13 more courses for $297 for life. <clears throat> so you get lifetime access now. You don't have to pay monthly anymore. Lifetime access for $297. That's the next step up in my value ladder. <clears throat> About 10% of the people will take me up on that offer. Okay, and that's where you know five to 10% there is is very good um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and then you just you can keep on iterating on that, and then you can think of another product." And sell it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be for more money. If it can be for more money, then great. Um, you know, I'm thinking about implementing another course where I teach, instead of teaching people how to program, I'm going to teach them how to get an interview, right? Because that's sort of the next progression, next step in their journey, right? What happens after you learn how to program? Oh, you try to get a job, right? right. So I'm going to help them in that step. And then what happens after you try to get a job? Well, maybe, you know, how do you fit into your workplace? Or how do you, you know, work in a workplace? And how is it different? For, you know, there's different things I can do with this. And you can just keep on selling and selling and selling to that same audience so this that's the process is called upselling which again people have probably heard of their you know their eyes are probably glazing over right now but it's like i said that first offer the first offer is what has changed everything so
0: so basically following this we're here now what is it it's wow we're, we're basically going into september here in 2017
1: yeah it's tomorrow yeah yeah
0: Jeez, for for us uh for torontonian's it's basically two months of summer and the rest of yeah. <laughs> the it's been a bad summer yeah, yeah. again it's not been a great summer but now uh where you are now is you basically have just followed that sort of formula um is that's what sort of brought you to where you are now the 200,000 250 a year
1: right right exactly so yeah in just like last month i've i've closed around this is the first month i've done around uh, i probably be about $16,000 ish in the last month um, without doing anything, without having to email my l- whole list, I should say there's, fun- I have a funnel, an automated funnel in place that sort of walks them through the, the process. Um, Oh, another thing I'll see this, this is where we can talk for hours, but this is, this is also a very important part of this process. So I won't, I won't forget to mention it. And I think it's worth taking the extra time to, to mention it. Um, another strategy I learned inside, Oh, it might not have been the, the com secrets book. It might've been his little magazine. Uh, he sells a magazine. It's a free plus shipping offer. Go figure. Um, And it's a little magazine about uh, like it's like 101 proven split test winners or 107 proven split test winners. I forget the exact name, but it's a Russell Brunson thing. It's a magazine. Holy cow! That thing, he could honestly sell that thing for three hundred dollars. And I would have, I, I, well, I probably wouldn't have bought it. But if I heard someone else saying buy it, I would absolutely say it's worth even more than three hundred dollars just to buy a, this stupid little magazine. I think it's like ten bucks or something. So if you if if you're in the situation where you're ready to go with your product, if you have your product and you want to start testing offers, buy this. Don't even don't even just do it now. Okay, right. I'm not getting money for this. I'm not affiliated with him in any way, shape, or form.
0: Neither am I. So just listen.
1: <laughs> just buy it. Hundred and whatever. Proven split test winners, Russell Brunson. It's a little magazine. So in it, um, he has a little breakdown of a a landing page that works for him. So a landing page is somewhere you send traffic and hopefully you will, it's also called a squeeze page. Uh, You will hopefully get their uh, email address once you send them to this page. But he does this thing where it's a three-step process or even not even, it can just be a two-step process, but he does something called a micro commitment where on the page, So, you you know, someone clicks on one of your ads on Facebook or someone clicks on a link that you sent them. They go to this landing page and it says, you know, step one, step two or whatever on the top. And it's very plain and simple. And the first step is it asks you a question. Typically, what he does is he says, how did you hear about us? And there's four bullet points with a submit button. Okay, how did you hear about us? Four different points, you know, Google, Facebook. I don't know, Yahoo or other. He always he says you should always have other in there um, just because people, if they can't choose one of the four, then they might just abandon. So always have an other. So pick three major traffic sources, then put an other and have a submit button. So that's a very low barrier thing for someone to do. All they have to do as a visitor is just click on this radio button and click on submit. Step two is where you ask them for their email address. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So normally with squeeze pages, it's you click on a button and it asks you for their email, for your email address. People are very used to that, but when you ask them, you know, how did you hear about us? It's this what he calls a micro commitment. They've they've clicked on something and they've clicked on like a yes or submit or go to the next step. So now it almost feels like they should there's they they're halfway through this process and they want to finish the process. And to finish the process, it's give me your email address. I was a little skeptical of this um, until I implemented it. I get around a forty percent conversion rate from cold Facebook traffic, which means. I can target an audience of millions of people. I cast a hugely wide net, okay? Advertise to these people, send them to this landing page. 40% of those people will opt in, will give me their email address. Just so you know, that is insanely high. Typically, on average, a 20% conversion rate is is more or less what's um, average and what's sort of acceptable. Um, Anything higher than 20, you're doing good. So 40% is like, you've got a winner. And, so, based
0: on, and based on that, people can start now actually start imagining. Wow, okay, so this is how he's thinking million dollars in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. You can start seeing how more realistic it becomes based on on those numbers.
1: And like I said, once you know, how so I I know I've I've spent three thousand dollars a month on ads. I've been doing this for months, and I know that the cost to acquire a customer is about thirty bucks. And I know based on my data, I can look back years worth of data. I know the average lifetime value of a customer is around it's actually probably higher than 140 bucks but that's the conservative number is 140 bucks so if you can spend 30 make 140 that's almost a five time ROI that is very very good so again I'm a numbers guy if you if you want to shoot for anything a five time ROI on your advertising is a very healthy ROI that means you can scale your company pretty much infinitely. If you can do that, that means you're going to have enough money to hire people to help you out, to make it so that you can get to the millions or, uh, you know, who knows, billion dollar organization, five time ROI or higher is what you're shooting for. A two time ROI is great if you are just yourself, right? If you can spend a dollar and make $2 and and it's just yourself in the company, and it's still a small company, that's perfectly fine. You know, I'm sure most people would make that trade any day of the week, but just know that eventually you're going to get too many customers and it's going to become too hard for you to support all those customers and you're going to need to hire someone and that's going to eat into that profit margin that you're that you're making off the two time ROI and you're going to need to make more money than just two time ROI. So in the short term shoot for 2, long term shoot for 5 in my opinion.
0: And Trevor, do you do you have a team? Like do you have people helping you or is this yeah. all you automated?
1: So it's been all me automated for quite a while. I've only very recently in the last few months hired uh, an advertising team. So I have someone doing the ads for me only because I mean, I was hitting some huge success on my own. I was hitting the five time ROI on my own, more or less. But I was like, you know what? There's a lot that I'm not doing that I should be. And I'm just going to hire a team to help me. Cause that's the best return on my, on my dollar I can think of is to have someone maximize my advertising, which is giving me a five time ROI. So that's my first hire.
0: Also giving you your time back to be able to giving
1: me time back. Although advertising, you know, setting up a campaign takes a little bit of time, but once it's running, there's not really a whole bunch of time that goes into it. So really it's just about setting up the whole campaign and, and getting everything, you know, the, the first part is the hard part. Once you've got it up and running, it's, it's easy. Um, and then my other hire recently was a an article writer because I don't like writing blog posts anymore. So I just hired someone, you know, to, to help me out. I, you know, I, I offered, uh, I actually emailed my own list, my own email list of people, and, and asked if uh, if anyone wanted to write articles for me. And there was actually an overwhelming number of people replied saying yes, I'm interested. So I was spo- uh, spoiled for choice, thankfully. But I mean, you can go anywhere. You can go to what is it Upwork these days or something and you can you can hire someone to write articles for you. Um, anyway. For me, I needed to get a specific set of skills. Uh, people need to know how to program in order to write my articles, so it made sense for me to reach out to my own list. But yeah, I mean, it's like fifty bucks an article is what I'm paying, uh, which is you know, I think I think it's about average. I don't know if it's high or low, but that's for me, it's feasible. I'm I'm willing to pay that, so that's what I'm doing. But yeah, other than that, it's it, it's pretty much everything else is me. So. Actually, that's not true. My dad actually helps out a lot too. He does sort of my accounting. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> he's also a numbers guy. So that's clearly where I get it from. So he helps out with accounting. He's retired. So he just, he, he does it for free and he loves doing it. So that's a little unfair advantage I have. Thanks to my dad. So
0: that's <laughs> great yes, there that's you go. Fantastic.
1: Other than that, it's all me. So.
0: so, um, lastly, um, moving into 2018, the million dollar goal that you have, uh, Basically, I'm assuming you're going to follow this same type of formula. Maybe you're probably going to, like you said, it multiply in terms of the dollars that you're putting on advertising. But is there anything else that you feel that you need to change? Or you think you're going to need to change? Or is this totally just a, a numbers thing? Is it just completely all numbers? It's,
1: it's, it's definitely a numbers game. If I can, like I said, if I can spend ten dollars to $15,000 and my cost to acquire a customer stays around thirty dollars mark ish then that's all i need to do Every I'll, everything else is automated everything else is ready to go except for taking care of my customers which again i'll eventually need to hire someone to do that but um but that's it that's really i'm i'm ready to go all i need to do is start spending and and keep an eye and, and on the you know scaling up the spend between now and the next 90 days i'm shooting to hopefully in the next 90 days hit the point where i can spend you know ten thousand dollars a month on ads um but i'll slowly scale it between now and the next 90 days and, uh, and keep an eye and, and sort of, you know, as soon as you see the numbers start to slip, that's when I, I track this stuff every week, every Monday. I sit down, I look at the numbers, I, I look at the, you know, I track maybe 10 different things and and I see what this, what story the numbers tell me. If, if, if the numbers are slipping, if my cost to acquire customers customer is going up too high, what happened? What can I do to fix that? So it's a constant, you know, uh, I call it debugging because I'm a programmer, but uh, it's a constant troubleshooting or, or whatever um, process every single week to say, what's going on? Are we still healthy? Are we still on track? Yes or no? And what can I do to fix that? So, wow, yeah. that's, amazing. Well, that's what I do.
0: Well, there you have it, everybody. It's uh, basically Trevor Page using numbers. He used numbers when he quit his job and... And he had, and he realized, oh crap! I need to, <laughs> I need, I need to start making money now because I didn't save as much as I thought. And he used numbers to get to that point where, within less than five years, he hit well into the two hundred thousand mark. And now he's using numbers to just propel him into making a million dollars in twenty eighteen. If all goes well. Thank you, Trevor Page. Honestly, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for sort of helping me work out the kinks here. I'm sure I'll be doing it for a couple more episodes, but um, it's been great. Thank you for coming here on the first on my first episode of my podcast.
1: I like it. Yolevsky podcast. It's a great name. It gets catchy in my opinion. So <laughs> pleasure um, to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: If there's a way for someone to reach out to you or a website uh, yes. or anything.
1: I guess email is is, is the least sexy way. Um, let's see. I've got so many email addresses. What is the easiest? I'll give one my personal one. Typically, I don't, I don't do this, but uh, it's the easiest one to say. So we'll do uh, TJ, J is in Jared, TJ.page, which is P-A-G-E, uh, at gmail.com. TJ.page at gmail.com. Reach out to me. I love talking about this stuff. If you have any questions, if you need help, if you need suggestions or whatever, uh, I can easily talk your ear off. So yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. And I'll link to that in the show notes. If you want to check out the show notes and anything we've been talking about, and I'll put a bunch of the links basically on com slash podcast, and you can check it out for the first episode.
1: Thanks Sweet. again, Trevor. I appreciate it. Always pleasure. Take care, man. You too.